This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time, time Live. It's time. Talk Time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft. But I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go. Live life and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, summer is officially over. Well, not officially, but you know, you know what it is. You feel the air, what I call the homework wind. School is back. Things have changed. There's nothing else really to do. But with that said, I hope everybody had as a tremendous summer as I had. I mean, it was just, it's just been phenomenal. And then to end it all off, to cap it all off for the summer for me, it was Keystone Comic Con last week, which I, it's so crazy. It's already been a week. A week has just blown by so fast after that event. That event felt like it was just it, like time stopped for me because of everything that was going on there. And I was with uh, Kiana and all of our friends at uh, Kiana's game night. Which, shout out to her, she did another really uh, good and fun one at the Thirsty Dice over there and here in Philadelphia. Um, really good spot. If you, if you got family or friends that you uh, hang around a lot, that's a really good spot to hang around. There's a bunch of board game cafes out there, but we've chose that one. That one's pretty good. The food's pretty good. It's a lot of nice little comfort food. Some uh, hipster-style original sodas and everything, but really good. But nonetheless... Um, it's, we were just talking like it's been a week and it's just blown by so fast. This was crazy. Now it's September. It's officially September 1st today. If you're listening to this, it's probably September 2nd or 3rd or whatever. But I feel like it's officially over. Now they're trying to change up everything. And we, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, some really interesting news to talk about this week. But we're going to head it off on our talk topic, which is the Young Justice season review and we definitely got to talk about that this has been the long awaited you know season that we've been waiting for that people petitioned for and we got to finally 
get it back, unfortunately, under the terms of the DC Universe. But again, I've given DC Universe a lot of credit. They have a they've built up a great streaming network for those who are into rather DC Comics or the DC Animation or all of the above. So we're going to talk about that series, and we got there's definitely a lot to talk about because there's going to be a discussion. I'm going to start off. That I've already kind of started off in our ACMG Facebook group in regards to whether this may be the greatest comic book animated series of all time. Yes, dethroning my beloved Justice League Unlimited. And there is a lot to say about this. So we'll be talking about that on our talk topic today on Talk Time Live. But also, there is a lot of news going on. I I got to talk about the Tom Holland panel as well. So I'll start off by that. But then we got to go immediately to like left field on a situation that just occurred involving our favorite anime, our favorite top anime, our favorite greatest anime of all time, to be exact, and the some of the people behind it. So we'll be talking about that right now and let's not waste any time let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg all right folks so the tom holland panel which was literally a week ago today (laughs) it was like literally a week ago i woke up around 4 30 in the morning to leave out at 5 30 in the morning to get there at six and to try to get something to eat over there and that didn't happen because there was already a line of 15 to 20 people already waiting in line at the pennsylvania convention center so i end up staying in a line for literally four hours without eating it was crazy but it's all in the world it's all for the sake of media and press you know you got to do it now you would think why does I'm, I'm pressed so why would i have to wait in line because they were catering to the vip people and the premium people and i respect that i absolutely respect that we're getting complimentary access to be able to do things that even the vip won't be able to do in some cases so at least they can give them the seats that they want and do what they want and for me it was all right because it's like i'm still gonna get front row seat i'm gonna get as close to the uh to the stage as possible which i did because i waited out that long and i wanted to see i wanted to be a part of the whole entire thing i wanted to see how many people were actually going to be waiting in line and i knew the line was going to be packed the last time i did something like this was at uh wizard world and they had uh chris evans sebastian shaw and anthony mackie for uh talking about civil war so i knew that line was going to be packed and also also um Haley atwell was there for peggy carter so there was a ton of people waiting in line for these panels much the same here so you had to wait a long time for it and in this case again i'm pressed so the cool part about it is that regardless i'm gonna get my pictures i'm gonna be able to go up stage and see him up close and personal you know i get a few minutes to you know take some pictures and i just go sit back because i only need a few pictures you know a few times just to get some pictures just you know watch him sit down there's not a lot of time needed to just take pictures of tom holland sitting down on a chair and talking to the host and the moderators of the panel 
So it's just it's it's not really needed to do. So uh, I was able to get access up there. And again, shout out to the staff and volunteers of Keystone Comic Con headed by Repop because they, you know, it was it's not easy putting together five thousand people in a packed house. They prepared for it. There was a little bit of a hiccup, but it was a minor hiccup. But they managed to troubleshoot it and. Nobody was there unhappy. Nobody was there, you know, sad. It was all joy. Um, they were there to hype up the fans. And it was, you know, they had a few, like, pre-show type of events going on prior to the whole top uh, thing. Uh, they had a cosplay uh, photo op on stage. Like, everybody who cosplayed, all the kids and everybody who played uh, cosplayed on stage, we were able to see it. By the way... If you're in the ACMG Facebook group or the Keystone Comic Con Facebook group, you can see all of those photos exclusively on there. I did post some of them on my IG page at Xavier Josiah. So you can see a little bit there, but it's like they only allow 10 photos on IG. But I have way more in those group pages. So if you want to go to ACMG, uh, you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG one and check them out there. But you can see how far the line was. You can see pictures of me behind a whole horde of people out there. Uh, but you know, it, it was, yeah, I was able to, to see all of that. It was a really cool thing. Um, and then from that point, they was a, they started up a kind of a, a concert rock style moment where everybody was, uh, you know, throwing up their phones and uh, turning on their flashlights to have a light show. And I took pictures of that too. And I just got up from my seat and just took a whole bunch of uh, pictures only to see my good friend and, you know, member of ACMG, Kiana, the only one not doing it. So it looks like she is part of the zero F's club (laughs) much. And it's a, it's a, one of the funniest pictures I've ever taken because the picture that I've taken there it was i took you know my i pointed my camera to the left to see a whole bunch of people there i pointed my other camera to the right to see other people there and lo and behold right slap dab in the middle is kiana right there just sitting like nope not wasting my battery there (laughs) it was it was pretty it was a lot of fun but she she actually enjoyed it i I do want to point that out she really enjoyed it um you know it was awesome my sister and her nieces uh, got to see tom holland as well but when tom came out it opened up to a huge pop and when i say huge pop that's a term used in pro wrestling saying like the crowd went crazy you know bananas if you will and it was uh, it was it was so rock star it was a really rock star ovation and the minute he came out the cool part about this that i love is that i was able to just go right up the staff see me you know invited me right into the stage area got to take pictures uh really great quality pictures um with uh, of the uh, stage of Tom Holland, of the host, um, of the what is what else did I see there? The um, they had a uh, sign a person doing sign language at the front too. I thought that was pretty cool, so I took pictures of her. I I gotta say I love my camera. I call it the Megatron, or in in some cases, AKA the bitch. <laughs> if you've seen Train Today, you know what that is. But um, my my Megatron Canon, uh, it is a Canon camera. But I call it the Megatron Cannon because <laughs> I have uh, a L series lens that just it takes such beautiful shots, man. It, it's absolutely tremendous. I love taking this on the road to, to events like this because I get some of the most beautiful close up pictures ever. And 
it, this is no different. I, those, the Tom Holland pictures I absolutely love. And uh, like I said, I took my seats, went back, sat down, got to enjoy the rest of it. But once, you know, he, he got seated, we were, he were talk, um, they were talking about a few things. Of course, the very moment that he came out, he thanked everybody for, his, for the support. He, um, you know, they came up and he also addressed so briefly the situation that he did say that he was still going to be a part of the uh, he's going to be spider-man but under sony's universe and it's going to be something different um and from there they just started talking about his experience on the shows and everything and at the same time the binge mode um guys at binge mode podcast they really tried to get out of him <laughs> some information that he could not say uh, I do want to point out, I want to give credit again to whoever, maybe it was his publicist, maybe it was Keystone, whoever. Thank you for not opening up a Q&A. It was, they were able to entertain for 45 minutes and they did a great job. But I was afraid of whether they were going to do a Q&A because, and, and shout out to the DJ for pointing that out too, even though I think they just decided they weren't going to do a Q&A. But I was afraid that somebody was going to stupidly, and I mean stupidly, try to ask, you know, make him answer questions that he can't ask and maybe risk his opportunity of doing it. And I think it was great that they did not do that because you don't want to risk it. But to what, and credit to the whole entire crowd, they were very respectful on that note and they had no trouble. They, nobody were pissed about not taking pictures. They just wanted to see Tom Holland, wanted to see that he was okay, how his, you know, see his spirits up and him lift our spirits up. And it was just fantastic, you know? And, and I, shout out to my, um, to a uh, new friend of mine, uh, Sarah, who I don't know if she's listening to this particular episode, but she actually, um, was able to take her daughter for her birthday and it was really awesome that not only did she get a chance for her child to go spend the day at keystone comic-con they're not from philly there are there are a lot of people not from philly um i got a chance to you know she got a chance to see tom holland i told her like you know the best chance you could get is you know go up front get a picture taken you know you could probably get a chance to talk to him for a few seconds or something like that and they did they managed to, and her child, her daughter, who it was her, it was her birthday, was crying profusely. I heard I, she texted me and told me that she was crying profusely, and it literally almost put a tear in my eye. And she did this. I think she did this like right after, like while I was at the um, panel, and she told me this. And I was, it, it it put a tear in my eye to hear that. And I'm really glad that they got that experience. Not only that, she said that when they went to go get a photo op, that Tom actually stopped what he was doing to console her to make sure that she was okay because she was crying and then you know they she he hugged her and also hugged Sarah as well so I thought that was really awesome I'm glad that, that's the type of experience that you need if you're gonna pay that much money that's the experience you take away from people there are gonna be people who always complain and, and I'm actually surprised that people complain about going to conventions to pay like a couple hundred which by the way 250 bucks was not a lot of money to see tom holland of all people when we had sylvester stallone charging two thousand five hundred for virtually the same thing that tom holland was offering and who's more relevant in this case now and we all love our sylvester stallone here in philadelphia but i i think sylvester stallone has not been in philadelphia long enough to know that we that's 
this economy is not that good. This is not Rodale Drive. This is not California or whatever like that. This is Philadelphia. Blue collar, hardworking, you know, you know, fighting for ours. You know, that 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 was the Rocky way. So you think of all people that would realize that it would be him. But no, um, you know, you do spend a lot of money going to cons. You do for for experiences that you could take away with you for a long time. 2013, I went to Wizard World. The first time I've ever went to a con. I ate not a, not. Let me rephrase that. The first time that I actually went to a major con. Because I used to go to comic book conventions when there was just nothing but comic books there. And, you know, there's nothing but long boxes everywhere of people just, you know, trade, you know, tape, you know, giving away um, trading or selling comic books or whatnot. And then tape trading some things like anime and all this stuff. That was the 90s version of a comic book convention. There were no celebrities. There were no sponsors. None of that. (laughs) None of that. Now... Wizard World came and I didn't know anything about San Diego Comic Con at the time or New York Comic Con at the time and it just changed everything. I went to see Stan Lee. That was my lore. That was about like $300 at the time for an autograph and a picture of um, the man who created everything that we love today. I didn't see, I didn't blink an eye. My wife said, you got to go do it. You never know. You may not get this chance again. That was in 2013. (laughs) <laughs> that was in 2013 and we were saying that uh and i didn't regret it i have a picture with him i thanked him and i don't regret it it was the start of a lot of things going on and why i'm doing what i'm doing right now talking to all of you guys plain and simple just plain and simple so you know when people are surprised at stuff or you know seeing people is that expensive it really really shouldn't be it really really shouldn't be so but nonetheless it was worth it everybody had a great time they got to take away some a lot of great memories thanks to again the great people at keystone and repop from there so and uh again i want to point out shout out to the family that i was in line with and i wish i got their names or whatever i wish i got a chance to um really connect with them but they were phenomenal a really great family um a really great family that actually gave offered me a bagel and gave me a bagel when I didn't eat <laughs> for four hours. The husband came in after sleeping because the mom and the son was there. The son was playing uh, with his really cool Nintendo Switch that he modified. He tricked up the uh, controllers with gold buttons. It was really awesome. So we got into a conversation there. The, um, I got into the conversation with the mom as well. and We were talking while we were waiting. And all of a sudden, the father and the daughter comes and they actually had bagels and they offered me a bagel i was like sweet this really did help me out and hold me off so it there's perks to really staying up early and late <laughs> and i uh so, you know early in the morning and you know getting the deal so i really think that family i wish i again i wish i gotten their names or whatever like that but the other funny thing is that i was talking about san diego comic-con to them and all of a sudden i'm, I'm picturing i i'm getting an idea of the network of this family so to speak is that they decided that they were gonna i hyped them up enough to and convinced them enough to go to san diego comic-con en route of japan so they're going to take a trip to san diego comic-con and spend it there and then from there they're going to japan and they're doing this for their kids who i would have to say upon Meeting both their kids, I drew the inference that these are not spoiled kids, that these are really good kids. These these are not entitled kids. Like, 
they were well-mannered. They were sweet. They were nice. They were awesome. I talked to the daughter about Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. briefly. Um, you know, it was, they were, they came off, they didn't come off like really entitled spoiled brats. They came off like well-mannered, probably well-educated kids. And I was like, you know what? I'm not mad at this at all. If they can go ahead and do it, that's like life. <laughs> that is very interesting but the fact that they would do it do one or the other and as a person who actually traveled to san diego comic-con twice i know how much that cost there are four people that are going to san diego comic-con and then they go into japan i spent six grand going to san diego comic-con and that's not even the amount that's that's airplane that's that's airplane, that's hotel, that's food, that's, you know, swag, that's, you name it, that, you know, that's just, for the, for the four days, that's uh, what I've totaled up for me, some people go even farther than that, some people go up, but that, you know, and God knows what, you know, depends on the hotel that you get, depends on, you know, that all fluctuates, but that's how much I spent going there for that year, um, and that was just, no, actually, let me, sorry, let me rephrase that. That was for me and my wife. That's how much I end up spending for both of us. So, and you know, if you put that together, scratch that, but if you put it for people, do the math, that's 12 grand. And then they're going to Japan. Damn, that's Paula. <laughs> but you know what? Shout out to them. I hope they have a great trip. I know they'll have a great time in San Diego Comic-Con when they go. It, it's absolutely awesome. And then god japan for goodness sake that if i don't I, I, i'll tell you this now if i don't ever get a chance to go to japan alive i want my ashes buried in japan i'm saying it now anybody sees my wife or whatever you know just tell her that just open up with that when you see her just say you know you know you, you know your husband wants to be buried you know his ashes buried it uh or sprinkled in japan right just start off with that i'll throw her off but you know shout out to all them and every you know just the whole entire experience was just great i'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do on uh next year and next uh in august uh 28th to the 30th i believe they're going to be doing it next year and i'm looking forward to seeing what i'm going to be doing there because uh i this is not the end from what i understand <laughs> so let's stick to that but speaking of spider-man news let's keep that going right here before we get to the crazy news um the a new episode of a new season of spider-man on disney xd i don't get a chance to watch that cartoon but when i do i do enjoy it it is a really good uh show but i'm i'm gonna stick to it now because they are focusing on the modern day saga from marvel one of the one of the rare sagas that i actually love from marvel comics these days and that is the superior spider-man if you guys don't know what that is this is the story and hopefully i remember this you know correctly this is the story when doc ock takes over peter parker's body after doc ock dies or peter dies apparently but i'm no i'm sorry doc ock dies but somehow his soul takes over peter's body and peter ends up being transferred as a ghost from this point since doc ock has died and doc ock is now playing the role of peter parker learning about all of Peter's secrets and lifestyles, including the fact that he is the web slinger. So this changed everything in the comic book. His genius, Doc Ock's genius, ended up making Peter Parker like Bill Gates, for God's sake. And not, not that Peter Parker wasn't already a genius himself, but 
with Doc Ock, he was able to create Parker Industries. He put Tony Stark out of business. <laughs> it was just insane. Like, it was incredible. He became a bit of a prick to everybody. Like, his whole entire persona changed. Um, he ended up dating a woman, a new woman. She was like a, um, a little person, if you will. But Doc actually fell in love with her. And throughout the entire situation of this of the story, Doc started becoming what he did not want to be the most. And that was actually a good guy and a hero. He wanted to he started to want to get the feel of what it felt like to be a hero. And he got it and he started getting, you know, growing and uh, evolving a little bit of compassion within him. So it was a really interesting thing that happened, not to mention he got this really cool suit that he created which was kind of like the iron spider type of suit but it was this is probably one of the best suits that he's actually have had um because every time spider-man something happens to uh, peter parker rather you know the clone spider-man ben raleigh comes or you know something happens you could tell when it's not spider-man when he wears a different suit <laughs> it, it just if it's not the general original suit that he wore you know with the red and blue colors it's not him and it always seems to happen. Like the black suit, it just almost took over him. Uh, I think the only other suit that he can claim that was him was um, the, um, what is it, the Fantastic Foundation or the Foundation Four or whatever. Uh, the, you know, the Fantastic Four when it became something different. And he, uh, he had a different suit for that one. But any other suit that virtually ever came out, it was it was an imposter or wasn't him or something like that uh scarlet spider all those so this was one of them but this was like one of the best suits outside of the original suit that they did of him and it was awesome so i'm looking forward to seeing what or how disney xd is going to portray this situation because i know they're not going to do the whole you know doc ock died or whatever like that or something like i, I know they're going to change it up so no word on how they are going to compare it to the original story, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be some uh, change-ups in the, in the storyline, so I'm looking forward to it. It's coming September 8th, which is next week, I believe, right? Yep, that is actually, yeah, next Sunday. It's uh, going to be premiering, so a lot of new stuff is going to be premiering next week. I'm looking forward to it, so. Okay. I had to take a deep breath for this because this is uh, going to be a crazy conversation. I know by now, especially in the ACMG Facebook group, many of you have learned of, and I know if you're on Twitter, you learned this too, or on YouTube. <laughs> it's, 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 it's spreading like wildfire. Our beloved Dragon Ball Z is once again in the midst of controversy. Uh, leaked recordings reveal Dragon Ball Z cast making homophobic jokes. Not just homophobic jokes, but just like rape jokes, all types of uh, incest, the sodomy, all that stuff. Just like, it's crazy. And cast members uh, in particular, DBs of, of Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Super, includes the one and only Sean Schimmel and Chris Sabat, who both have not responded on social media since or yet upon this leak we hear them making offensive jokes while recording as the characters of our fame's series now this is going to be interesting because people are going to have different views but they need to see it from an intricate standpoint 
law, law lawyer or law I, what do you ever call lawyer uh, the lawyer or the fame lawyer Nick Rakita now I say fame lawyer now because he's I, I you know what I'm never gonna be mad at this guy you know he comes off a little bit you know iffy to some people but he's a lawyer and lawyers look for opportunity they jump at it at any stretch and he does come off as sort of a um sort of almost gimmick of himself in a sense because he just he's very outlandish he speaks his mind um he's just very out there he comes off like a what would we call that um what do you call that uh a uh ambulance chaser so to speak he has that aura about him but say what you will about ambulance chasers they're trying to get a win they trying to get in you know where was there ever a problem with ambulance chase you know with a lawyer trying to get is this guy saw his way to getting his to getting in he's a fan he's a fan of all things anime and other things and video games and stuff like that like everybody else but he also is a lawyer i think that's awesome i can't take that away from him he managed to see something an opportunity that he got that he jumped into and he was the guy who was in the hot seat of the whole entire Vic Miana situation. He said his piece. He talked about the legalities of the whole situation and on his uh, podcast, which grew exponentially. It already grew before that. He has he's been talking about other things before that, but he managed to find his niche crowd, and that is the anime community, the otaku's, if you will, and talking about the the in depth understanding of the Vic Miana situation. So. I ain't mad at him. You, everybody has to find their niche and opportunity. That, that's how business works. That's how it works. You know, people will try to down that whole type of situation. Now I'm like, no, you're an idiot because that's the whole point of business. You find your target audience. He found his target audience and his target audience is the otaku, is the fan base, you know, that it is. Unfortunately, some people in the fan base are pretentiously you know they they pretentiously think they know everything he points it out you know he he's a guy and he he knows what he's dealing with so he has he feels that i think that i believe that he feels that he has to go about things the way that he does and he just he, he he jumps back he bites back so again not mad at him for that what he did again right here uh he was also the one that kind of spearheaded the uh the helping Vic get you know the money he needed to defend himself because he felt like there was not enough you know of a situation to help you know that that warranted him being blamed for the accusations that he did so and and honestly and Vic Vic Mian has been uh he's been a guest on a show twice on his show and honestly there isn't enough information to really pinpoint whether he is you know you know a he's actually accused of everything that he said he's doing he actually opened up to some of the things that he did but he claimed that it was unbeknownst to him and i do believe that there are people out there who don't realize what they do (laughs) sometimes i've known people like that who just doesn't understand social cues who doesn't understand um you know just don't get certain things that he and some people think that they can get away with other things because of who they are because of ego that's just the way it is but you know, to, you know, he managed to help him defend himself on that note. But also, just recently, he was the one that had that obtained a bunch of different uh, audio clips, and I, he, to hit for what he said legally. 
he shared these audio clips on his uh, YouTube clip on every uh, what is it called the uh, Regida Law, which is a very hot you know YouTube segment that people check out because he talks about a lot of he talks about a lot of things, but lately he's talking a lot about the Funimation lawsuit or the uh, Vic Miana lawsuit against Funimation and Rooster Teeth and. It's uh, it's it's been an interesting thing for him. He's he's found his niche, um, but he, he he obtained these clips, which has Sean Schimmel, Chris Sabat, uh, what is it, Sean Strait, I believe, uh, who's the voice of uh, I believe he's the voice of Krillin or whatever. But just a whole bunch of voices are all these voices. A lot of the cast members from Dragon Ball Z doing these clips using clips using production music from uh, toy uh, animation using you know the sound effect or the sound effects from toy animation the uh, music from other people that is being that has been used for the show to create the the sketch the sketch uh, scenario of Yamcha and no Piccolo and no what is it it was it was first started with Popo and and uh, Guru, you know, have I don't want to get into the graphic. I won't get to the graphic details, but it, it was just a really, really revealing type of situation. The fact that they took the time to put in that much energy to making these well-produced clips. It, it's just really crazy. Um, so, yeah, Regina, all he claims that he got these clips uh, and acquired them. Absolutely. 100 percent legal, uh, legally obtained. Um he also retained the Funimation Employee Handbook, which he focused on Rule 703, which states that uh, sexual of uh, sexual uh, and other unlawful harassment rules, which states verbal conduct includes making or using derogatory comments, uh, if uh, uh, slurs and or jokes. At that time, while he was doing that, he already, you know, gave us a little sneak preview of the clip while talking about this, which had Sean Schimmel saying a homophobic slur that rhymes with the word maggot. And he was saying it multiple times very aggressively, almost like a very almost very juvenile, if you will. It's not the fact that he even just said it. It was just like there was no rhyme reason why he said it there was it wasn't saying like he hate or he love he just said it it was just done in a very aggressively an aggressive way it was really weird so that was that was just a taste of what was going on here then you had there was at if you go to the 53rd uh, 53 minute mark of Nick Regita's YouTube stream you uh, they reveal Hercule Mr. Satan played by Chris Rager making playful remarks about his unit then and then in the one hour and two minute mark which i believe was probably midnight because he said at midnight he was going to reveal the full clip of this whole entire crazy sketch that they that chris sabbat uh Sabat has made that involved yamcha and guru and piccolo it's just it was just crazy um it revealed it just it, it was sorry not guru kami actually that's what i meant it was a kami asking mr popo to rub sacred ointment 
which has now become a big meme on Twitter. A huge meme on Twitter and now social media. The sacred ointment thing is it's just, it's, it's out of his mind. Um, the, you know, on his, fit, on his unit, it, he wanted to rub the sacred ointment on his unit because he says that he's never had sexual relations with a man before he dies. Now, this is supposed to be like a spoof off of when Kami died. You know, if you remember the Dragon Ball Z saga episode when he uh, actually dies or whatever, and they find a new Kami to take over, which is the little kid from Namek. So that's what they were basing this on. And it was that whole thing. And all of a sudden, in this clip, you'll hear the voice of Yamcha, who catches the uh, two in the act, but also wants, to, uh, wants in on a sacred ointment for his own pleasure. Then Chris Sabat has Piccolo comes and actually rapes Yamcha. This is all happening. Like, this is like a deal. No pun. Um, Mr. Popo convinces Yamcha to allow it to happen and making a baby got back reference while doing it in the midst of Yamcha getting raped by Piccolo. Um, this clip then transitions over to Corin's tower where Corin discovers through telepathy uh, that the characters have been interacting with each other once again like this is not the first time this has happened so piccolo and kami talk about how they merged uh with nails but in a sexual way as it was like a sexual innuendo there of sorts kami also referred to mr popo as an endangered servant uh this clip was very very long it was four minutes 46 seconds from what uh nick rakita said long it did feel like a long time i heard the entire thing i was like this is crazy now the thing is, the funny part about it, uh, it, 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 it's, it's really vague to say, but, um, is that this is nothing so far off from what I hear in, like, Family Guy. Like, fam, like, Seth MacFarlane makes jokes like this all the time, uh, sometimes, but in a way that he can't, he doesn't get, you know, caught. But it, I think people have a better understanding of, what continuity did they they do on uh, Nick um, Seth MacFarlane's you know shows, and it's a it pokes fun at everybody like it that show pokes fun at everybody, and it's geared to do so. It's an adult oriented show. Dragon Ball is slightly geared for kids. Like kids do watch it. Um, in Japan, it's a little bit more adult oriented, or you know in between adult oriented and you know stuff like that but i know tsunami plays dragon ball super at night and they do kind of it is more of a primetime based show now which means they do say or do uh, do things that normally they wouldn't do on a three o'clock schedule or a 12 o'clock in the afternoon schedule for kids but at the same time it's like the situation and i think this is where nick rakita definitely got i uh, got it right and where i think people don't focus on especially those who just reads the headlines or hears about it but doesn't understand the depth of the situation they're using studio time they're using company's content to create and the ip of akira toriyama the ip of toei animation to unethically create this skit to unethically offend a whole entire generation of people in a, in a culture of people. That's when it, that's when they got, that's when it was wrong. Whether they do or say in their own time is one thing, 
but they're doing this in company time using, even though it's Chris Sabat's, you know, company and audio, you know, studio that they're doing it under, it's still using content under them. And, and for that, there's a terms in the handbook that prohibits any of that. And then that let alone, you got them doing the, playing as the voices of Dragon Ball doing that. That's where it's wrong. And it, that's where it just gets real. <laughs> you know, they were, there were talks on the uh, on a YouTube clip, on a YouTube uh, stream, and there are talks outside saying that this may be a double standard, pending how Funimation handles this. Because as you know, they fired um, Vic Mignogna for accusations and accusations alone uh, based on upon uh, tons of people. But now we have these clips of a lot of people in Dragon Ball. How are they going to handle this? Because I find this just as offensive for them saying that. And I trust me, I, every actor that I mentioned, including Vic Miana especially, I love their work. But when you do stupid things and you don't make amends for it. And again, I don't know what became a Vic Miana situation, but I know he was fighting back and trying to reclaim his name from, uh, from being fired from that group. But now we got these guys under a heavy fire. The main cast members of Dragon Ball. What are they going to do? Because if they don't take action on them, people are going to be really pissed because of what happened with Vic. And it's like, you know, it's, it, it's going to be a situation where they think, Oh, it's a favoritism going on here because, you know, you immediately fire Vic for accusations of of what he is, uh, of what they're claiming that he's done. And then these guys come out and do this. Like, where's what's going to be the punishment for them? It's going to be, you know, and then you got Toy Animation, who, from what I understand, and what it was talked about on the uh, Regida uh, law, that... They're in conversation with renegotiations with Crunchyroll right now. And what's going to happen when they talk to Funimation at this point? Like, they, they, Funimation right now is in a really bad spot. Nobody has talked yet. I checked online. Uh, Chris Sabat hasn't talked. Uh, Sean Schimmel hasn't talked. Last time he spoke was a few days ago when he said, before, I believe before the video got out and the clips got out, uh, and trust me, there are thousands of people who have heard these clips now. Uh, so now they have not spoken. And every every time I'm looking at the comment sections of their posts, there are people that are like mobbing them with like secret ointment, uh, you know, jokes or whatever like that or not. And, and popo jokes or whatever. It's just this is insane. This is absolutely insane. Um, you know, based on a handbook. This is something that they're going to have to deal with and see how it goes from there. Like if this was anybody else, if anybody else on a normal job and a normal corporate job, especially would have done something like this or been caught doing something like this, fired immediately, fired absolutely immediately. This will be interesting to see how this goes. And there's been talk about like favoritisms and, uh, you know, amongst those guys in accordance to, you know, Vic Miana. And I've heard I've heard from people I know that works with him that he has his ways, he can be a prick, he has his religious strong beliefs, but 
he also didn't come off like a guy that would maliciously or intentionally do the things that he was claimed to do and some people may believe that his penalties was too far in a sense because there was there is you don't know exactly what happened or whatever like that he apologized if he, he when he apologized he said he apologized if he had offended anybody in a way that he didn't realize but he didn't apologize for intentionally saying that he intentionally did it i'm sorry so that's the situation he's claiming that he he's claiming that's all he, he can do is claim that he didn't he wasn't aware of what he did whether that's true or not that's a whole other thing but we got video clips of this this is just whew, it's hard to do so it'll be interesting to see how Funimation follows up on this and uh, of course we will follow up this as the story develops from there so whew, that was a lot to take in there so let's move on to some other interesting things just move away from that because that's and Billy and by the way this doesn't deter me and no nor should it deter you from being a Dragon Ball fan because before Sean Schimmel and before Chris Sabat and before all the others they were voice actors way before that that was doing playing the roles of Goku uh and and all those characters and there will always be different characters you know playing it on and if you you're a subtitle fan if you're a fan of just subtitles you got the original you know from there don't let what these fools did deter you from watching Dragon Ball Z because Dragon Ball Z is a character-based car, uh, animation created by Akira Toriyama, who has, as far as we know, has not done anything wrong. So if you go to the source, if if if, if Akira Toriyama start like raping or or stabbing people or murdering people, that's a whole nother issue. But these guys are just the voices of it i wouldn't take away from what the whole atmosphere and your love for dragon ball z has you know if you really need to just watch the japanese version and just go keep it moving but you know these guys you got to realize how privileged your opportunities are when every i feel like some people fight so hard and you know they finally make it and they forget what they had to do to get to this level and I swear to goodness, I have been fighting majorly to prove my worth to the world. I have to always, when I see stuff like this, when I see celebrities, especially ones that you admire all the time, I feel like you have to cherish everything that you've acquired and done and earned and and humble yourself at all times. I feel like people forget what it what they had to do to get to where they're at. And because of that, they end up feeling like they're invincible, that they are they can do whatever. It's scary. It, to me, it, it's a scary feeling. I don't want to be in a place where if I make it to a level that in my life that I feel like I'm secure, that I am untouchable, that I feel like that I can do whatever I want and say anything I want. You have to understand your privilege. You have to understand and respect your privilege. Because if you don't, you're gonna crash. You're gonna go to. You're gonna. You're gonna be a speeding car. You're gonna be a speeding freaking Brigati, heading to a wall or a tree. Without caution. It's inevitable. So I mean, just let's people be humble about your your upbringings, <laughs> and and remember what got you there. Because if you keep doing stuff like that and making stupid mistakes like that, that can happen to you. So moving on to other news, people. 
we are celebrating the 80th anniversary of Batman. And in honor of that, first of all, let me cut real quick. To whoever came up with the idea of giving, do, creating the badges for Keystone Comic Con, thank you so much because they were commemorating the 80th anniversary of Batman. All, every badge that you got to see in Keystone Comic Con was a Batman badge of sorts done by a different artist. But what I love about the press badge this year, we were the only ones to get the Jim Lee one. So I got a Jim Lee badge, press badge. It is awesome. I, it absolutely is freaking awesome. So I am looking at this right now on my side. Plus I had a speaker's badge, which was also had a different artist as well, uh, commemorating the 80th anniversary of Batman. So that I, that was absolutely fantastic. I love it. it it's awesome. Um, so in honor of the 80th anniversary of Batman, they are having a, they're coming out with uh, DC Animation and Warner Brothers is coming out with a 80th anniversary collectors Blu-ray box set coming out soon on September 3rd. Oh, this week, actually this week. So if you are a DC animated uh, an, uh, animation fan and you want every single collection, all 18 animated Batman movies ever made, I mean that's in that's from uh, Mask out of Phantasm and on to like the son of batman all the way up to now <coughs> excuse me they will be available all 18 movies spanning through the 90s on will be yours for 73.93 actually i think that's a good deal because you get a lot of other things too um that goes with that but that is excluding batman beyond uh the return of the joker which actually is one of my favorite batman movies ever not the best not the best of all but it is one of my favorites it actually is the movie that because i never watched batman beyond until i saw that movie and when i saw the movie i became a fan of batman beyond instantly because i love what they did with that movie it was so awesome the cliffhanger at the end was awesome it was like i think it was also the first time i really appreciated the actual writing and narrative of dc uh animation just so well done so but that's not on air they will actually be having their own box set in the works coming soon as well which includes like probably that movie and probably the entire series coming out soon on blu-ray so that will be out soon as well so stay tuned for that uh one of my favorite batman movies i could definitely say is going to be batman superman apocalypse which will be a part of that as well uh batman superman uh public enemy was great but the animation was better on Apocalypse. Plus, you had that huge battle between Superman and Apocalypse at the end. Stupidly awesome. Uh, Red Hood was also... If you talk about just actual Batman with nobody else, uh, Under the Red Hood was my absolute favorite. Animation was, again, awesome on that one. Uh, that's when they really, really started stepping up. That was the animation style that you now see on Young Justice. So that it just it it changed the game and then again it's just fantastic all of those movies and then you got most of them are done by kevin conroy so you have that going on there and it's just it's just absolutely phenomenal i think it's a great buy if you're a batman fan or a dc animated fan go out of your way to get it it's you know 7393 box set all that go for it september 3rd um my final segment here on this or my final uh comment on this segment or news in a segment is the joker's final trailer 
the trailer to the Joker movie, which will be out. When is this thing coming out? October 4th. So let's talk about this. Jack Juan Phoenix is playing the Joker. Uh, and this is the origin story of the Joker. And after watching this, color me interested. I am actually looking forward to seeing this movie. This looks like it's going to be very interesting. So the trailer starts with Jack Juan Phoenix in a bus playing with a child which the mom was not happy about. She told him to stop um, messing with my child. And it was, I felt bad because this is like, this is going to be like a very Breaking Bad type of movie. I can see this now. This is going to be very Breaking Bad. This is going to be a guy who just wanted to make people laugh. who wanted to do something really cool. And the world just crapped on him. And then all of a sudden he just, he's going to go all blitz. So we didn't see a clip of Joker uh, with his, what looks like is like a social worker or therapist or whatever like that, who tells him this will be the last time that uh, they will be meeting. Joker then asks, and I'm saying Joker because I don't know what his name is going to be in the show, and they didn't reveal it on a movie, and they didn't reveal it exactly. But Joker then asks her, are, do you ever really listen to when I, anything I say? Because you ask the same questions every week that we meet. That's another turning point right there. While he speaks, uh, a while he speaks, a clip of him playing a clown to promote a business. Pretty much, you know, the guys out in front of a furniture store, or whatever like that, that are promoting come into a store. He was doing that, uh, but only to have some thugs pretty much take his sign. He goes chase him, and then they beat him up in the alley. So, boom, right there. His life is just total crap. We then see a scene in the hospital where he could, uh, where his what looks like his wife is in a hospital dying. And he watches a talk show with a TV host played by Robert De Niro, which is awesome. De Niro's character shows a clip of the Joker at a comedy club and then insults him about his stand-up, to which Joker was not amused. Crap point number four. <laughs> it's just piling. It's just piling here. Joker walks into an elevator where he meets a woman played by, I forgot the actress name, but she's on uh, ATL and she was uh, Dimino on... Uh, what was that? She was Domino on um, Deadpool 2. But I, she's she's a great actress, so she's going to be d- knee-deep in this, too. Then, Hordes of Chaos happens in Gotham City, and later, Joker is appearing in the very talk show that he was insulted by with Robert De Niro and asks Robert De Niro to introduce him as the Joker. And it just goes from there. This will be in theaters, as I said, in October 4th. I am very much interested. Color me very interested in this movie now. And this. And there 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 are claims that he may be the new top Joker dethroning Heath Ledger. So we'll see. We will see here. I'm sure Jack Juan Phoenix is gonna do a tremendous job. He is quality. The guy is quality. He puts it in just as much as Heath Ledger is in. He just may be. Who knows? So we'll see. I'm otherwise I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna definitely check it out and review it when that comes out there. Folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of uh ACMG. I'm gonna take a break, come back, and we will review Young Justice Outsiders, the much anticipated season that is finally here, and I'm gonna give my thoughts on that. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. Live.com. 
TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Tom Gibbis, the voice of Shikamaru Nara from Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, and it's not a drag. Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Fight! All right, folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Young Justice Outsiders Season 3. But before we do that, we actually had some breaking news. Unfortunately, I tried to, you know, just move on with the whole Dragon Ball situation, but it was brought to my attention that something else occurred yesterday as a new YouTube clip came out talking about Chuck Huber, who is the voice of Android 17 and Pilaf on Dragon Ball Z, who wrote, who had an official affidavit talking about how Chris Sabat and member and other members of the cast of Dragon Ball were trying to ruin Vic Mignogna, and it's all there. Uh, I haven't got a chance to check it out yet, but it's some really deep stuff uh, revealing uh, things that Chuck has done. Uh, Chuck has worked also as Android 17 for quite some time. He's probably, I believe, he's also recently them as well too. But he, uh, there's some revealing things in regards to Chris Sabat and. Uh, some of the cast members and and Vic Miana and how they were trying to ruin his image and career and whatever whatnot so it's like a 14 minute video clip on YouTube I'm going to check it out but it has written an actual written document affidavit on there from Chuck Huber talking about this so we're going to follow this up next week and get to the bottom of it because I want to see this whole entire thing and I want to follow it up with other things that are being talked about in regards to see if everything matches up before I even report it there so uh in other words, I'm going to do my homework <laughs> this and not just go by the first one. But it's really it's it's a really deep thing. This whole entire thing. Funimation. Whew, it's they got some splaining to do and there's going to be some really big. Uh, I think there's going to be some washing. <laughs> so watching up going on in that company in the following weeks to come so let's talk about young justice outsiders the third season much anticipated season of young justice uh which at the time with the first two seasons when they came out on cartoon network people were loving it it was leading up to possibly becoming the new big thing and then they canceled it like crazy it's just like for some reason they just canceled it out and all of a sudden we were fighting to get this back. A lot of petitioning going on from fans, from the cast, everything. We finally got it back in the form of its new streaming network, DC Universe, which people were like, oh, man, <laughs> first. But when you actually look at the site, it actually does make a lot of sense. It, I would probably have done it myself. And credit to DC Universe, credit to DC Animation, credit to Warner Brothers. They gave you your money's worth. And then some. This entire season of Young Justice 3, along with the other three, uh, the other two seasons, combine them together, you have possibly the greatest comic book animated series of all time. For a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons that we're going to talk about today. Um, we were rewarded with 26 fantastic episodes of a show we've been waiting for for a long time. And we're going to talk about the main story here as much as I could possibly can, because it was a lot 
there was a lot to take in this season of Young Justice. I mean, so much. But I can compare this show to any primetime live action drama, action drama that you've seen on TV today. Like this show is, I, in my belief, Emmy worthy. Not for animated show, just for you know action drama series. It actually kind of it, it kind of is better than even the CW shows. Like the continuity that they went to doing what they did, and that's saying a lot because the W the uh, CW shows are phenomenal. But for this to have this in animated form and do what they did, it's I I, I can't say enough about it. What I've actually enjoyed throughout this time, so. This much anticipated, this, the, the, this much anticipated season is based on two years after the events of season two, which now has a lot of changes, including some of the original characters all grown up uh, and leading new young heroes coming about. One of the focuses of this show involves metahuman trafficking in uh, Markovia as they enslave teenagers with gifts you know with powers probably to weaponize them at best uh there is also an issue that involves some of the members of justice league resigning due to um, philosophical conflicts and of moral and ethics uh this then leads to batman uh, creating what he what he calls batman inc which is kind of like his own agency of heroes to do like covert missions or whatever like that and you know try to stop you know, uh, evil from wherever they can from there. And their methods are different from the Justice League methods and stuff like that. And in the middle of all this, you got Black Lightning. You have Jefferson Pierce, who decides that he is not about all that. And that's also after the fact that he was in a situation in Markovia where a child has died. And that traumatized him deeply. Uh, you know, telling, you know, leaving him to disband from the Justice League. So... We had that situation right there. Then, and meanwhile, you had this evil organ. Or wait, am I going too far in my notes here? This, uh, yeah, this actually leads to new members of the of Young Justice forming, uh, which is a new team of uh, kids encouraging the new generation of society to be heard and to fight for what is right. It, you, and they called themselves the Outsiders. This team, to me. I don't know where this idea came from, but if you're a Marvel Comics fan, there's a comic book called The Champions in which they kind of did the same exact thing in on that comic series. And I love that comic series. That has uh, Ironheart in there. That has um, some of the new characters. Uh, what is his name? The new Hulk is in there. Um, Amadeus is uh, you know he's a new hawk and there are a few other characters uh vision's daughter is a part of the group as well uh nova is a part of the group um miles morales is a part of the group so they're these are their young avengers this is the their young justice deal so i don't know who took from who first but the outsiders to me is actually that team and, and the cool part about the outsiders though is that the leader of the outsiders of all people is Beast Boy. The, the comic relief that we've seen so many times on T-Titans and T-Titans Go, they decided to do a different direction with Beast Boy in this episode, and now he's the leader of this group, and I think that is absolutely awesome. And Garf plays a really big... Let me shut up, because my dog is named Garf, too, <laughs> by the way. Uh, so he probably thinks I'm calling for him. But I think that they actually... 
did a great job making him a serious character, a, a character that we can believe that can lead a, a group of people in here. But it's it's really it, the, the, the character directions in here has been phenomenal. Meanwhile, an evil organization known as Delight that we saw from the second series or second season, uh, headed by Vandal Savage, partners with Darkseid, which of course was the last thing that we saw from season two before they canceled out and left us hanging hugely with that has been revealed to be the authors of society for hundreds of years structuring which includes the idea of how metahumans were created we find out later that Darkseid had a plan to uncover the anti-life equation which i believe is known to be halo which is one of the new members of the justice league or or the young justice or outsiders for that matter so there, uh, there was a lot of uh, new and cool characters in this season uh, that was clearly designed to make a huge statement in the, uh, of change in Hollywood and animation and society as well. Uh, possibly the most diverse group of characters ever in an animated series was represented in the best way here. Uh, new characters like the Markovian royal family of Geoforce, uh, who is the prince of Markovian. His, he goes by the name Brian and his sister Tara. Yes, that Terra from the Judas contract. Both of them were banished from Markovia upon the metahuman abilities being revealed in, um, in the, to the public. Because at the time, the Markovia, I believe if I remember correctly from the first few episodes, Markovia were against having metahumans uh, around because of the fear of, the, of how destructive they can be, uh, they can become. So when they found out that Brian had the actual gene and he revealed it he was disbanded he was banded from the country period and the first few episodes I'm just going to point that out uh an alien named Forger is another character that is new and he was a refugee from New Genesis then you got Halo who's like one of the most intricate characters in the season probably partly a a, a McGovern if you will because Halo was once a Markovian servant who died during the invasion of the royal palace, only to come back to life with unknown powers and abilities unknown at the time. And I say at the time because they discovered who she was, and I kind of don't want to spoil it for people who have not seen it yet, because I think everybody deserves to see this show and be shocked and surprised at what they see. So I'm going to opt out of saying too much or reveal too much in here. So this kind of will be a spoiler-free you know, review to say, but I could just tell you how good and why is this good. Um, also, you got to note here that Halo does not recognize herself as male or female in this series, despite the fact that she was a female human at the time, but she's no longer. Uh, she, with these new powers and everything, she just, you know, she, I forgot the term that they use for, her, but she recognizes herself as just her. And that's supposed to be enough because she also has a relationship with Geoforce, a.k.a. Brion. And um, they really have a touching, touching relationship going on here. I, you know, what? I've always loved the way that they do um, love angles in, in the animated series. Because I remember there was uh, another one in Green, the Green Lantern saga with the Red Lantern and Gaia the uh, computer that became more of a humanoid type of character and they began to have a relationship and the storyline of that storyline kind of matches with this one too as well so if you've seen the green lantern series which was like the 3d animated series that they did a while back which is available on a dc uh universe network uh app 
you're recognized what possibly is to come here as well. So they also have Vic Stone, aka Cyborg, make his debut on this show with comic book with the comic book storyline intact of him and his father having major trust issues as well. We also have returning characters with new character directions in here. Like I said, Beast Boy is now a famous actor uh, in the show, while eventually evolving to uh, the leader of the Outsiders in here. You got Barbara Gordon, who becomes Oracle and is now dating Dick Grayson. So it is believed that in in the events of the two years passing, the killing joke situation occurred because she's now in a wheelchair. And if you guys remember that famous story, that's pretty much what happened with her, uh, that the Joker came and shot her. And I believe that was a hint of it mentioned on this show, if I correct remember correctly. There's so many episodes on the show. <laughs> um, Aqua, Aquaman, formerly Aqualad, Kaldor, has now come out of the closet revealing that he is uh, gay and in love with uh, his longtime friend, Wind. And who lives in Atlantis. So that was a really cool reveal. There was a really cool episode that had him talk to uh, one of the new metahumans um, that ended up being, turned out she was Atlantean at best. And she, you know, her abilities were allowing her to be able to live in sea. And she felt that she was going to be, you know, comfortable living among those in the sea. But uh, upon doing so, she also noticed that Kaldor was having trouble and he was he revealed to her that he had some feelings that he had for a long time and he didn't know how to approach the person with it and you know whether he was going to feel the same way or whatever and she allowed him and nobody knew exactly what was going on at first and then because if you remember on the first or the second season he was in love with a female Atlantean and down there and things have changed things have changed it happens in real life it happens here so they decided to go with it, and lo and behold, it was win. And boom, they're a couple now. So I had no trouble with it. I know there were people who were, you know, crapping over it to some people. There are other people who were embracing it. This is today. This is the world we live in. We have to we have to live happily. We can live happily with ourselves without having to know that other people are living happy for us. Or we, you know, I in that term and saying like, because I feel like I say that and say if even if I worded that right, I say that in a way that I feel like people need a comfort zone in their life, and part of their comfort zone relies on how people are living, whether they're living in the way that they want to live themselves, and they want people to live the same way that they live. You know, it's called misery loves company in a sense. So if you're not living the same way that I am, then I'm not happy with you. And that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life or the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Let people live the way they want. It does not, it honestly does not affect the way you live. If they want to live the way, if they, if they feel that they are in love with other people or they want to have a certain religion or, you know, we are who we are as a culture, let them live. How does it affect your life? And this shouldn't affect anybody either. I thought it was done really good. I thought it was done great. I thought they did it right. And it did. I love how the people who did not see this episode were saying online how it, you know, they're tired of having all this shoved in our face. And to me, that really pissed me off because it's like, one, you haven't seen the episode. It was subtly done. It made its point. It didn't. It wasn't the it wasn't the major point plot uh, plot point of the entire show. And it was done and done. 
You know, and it was just like, okay, that was there. It's done. They have a relationship. That's awesome. Move on. People who haven't seen it made this whole stink about it and didn't even see it at all. Didn't even pay for the, uh, for the monthly fee for the app. Didn't do anything. Just shut up. <laughs> and furthermore, like, it just, it just, it's so tiring because people's ignorance gets so exposed on social media with that. But again, I implore this. I am all for this. This is happening. And especially people in my culture, please, please, that pisses me off the most. If you're if you're a part of the African-American culture and you don't see how with people in the L, um, LG, um, LGBTQ community go through is not parallel to what we went through in the 60s, 50s, 40s and going on. You're an idiot. I'm sorry. Like, and in its core, in its core, it's hate. There's no way of distinguishing about it. It's hate for people not doing something that they believe in. It's hate. That's all it is. So for you to say that, if you have, for me, a person of my culture to say that they're shoving this down our throats. They said that the same, they, they're racist people that said the same thing when the Million Man March came. They're racist people that said the same thing when we had civil rights coming down the throats, when we had TV opportunities, when we had movie opportunities, when we had, you know, everything, when we got everything. They're still saying it to this day. And you think you're safe? Hell, we're arguing about how the LGBTQ community are being shoved down our throats and we're arguing about other cultures. You know what the racist people are doing? Not giving a crap because they have a rocket launcher aimed to blow us all up. And we're all arguing with each other instead of teaming up together and coexisting to make change and have equality for all. You stupid idiots. So think about that for a minute. So moving on to that, I apologize for that rant, but it needs to be said. So the big villains in this series also was a really interesting thing too because what you would expect is Darkseid and Vandal Savage who we haven't seen much of but is playing a huge role in the background and I assume that they will be around more in season four but the real big focus and villain of this season was Granny or Gretchen Good aka Granny Goodness played by actress Deborah Strang she is awesome she is phenomenal she really really played this role really well made you hate this character so much because she was everything is what you expect if you're a comic book fan you know granny uh goodness is anything but and she is like uh dark sides like right hand woman <laughs> in, in, in this uh in the comics and she is known to be a specialist in torture and we'll torture you in the worst way. And they they expressed it greatly in this epi- in this uh, season as well. She also plays the role of, uh, throughout the season, as a connection to Garth, a.k.a. Beast Boy, as she is like a TV network boss of some sorts, uh, while being a servant of Darkseid. Like, so she has Garth, uh, not Garth, it's Garfield, isn't it? All right. You're, you're in a plague, boy. Um, so it's not Garf, it's Garfield. I'm sorry. Garfield, a.k.a. Beast Boy, um, actually is under contract under her. So he, you know, 
they play a little bit with that. I think that was pretty cool too. Deathstroke, played by Fred Tattashore, who I had a chance to do a panel with at Keystone Comic Con, of course. And of course, whose sound bites you heard along with uh, Charla Chung. He played Deathstroke in here. Funny story. I didn't really look at IMDb. And being around Fred uh, all that uh, for the, throughout that time and getting to meet him and understanding his voice and doing my research and anything, I didn't realize that he played Deathstroke. And I heard the voice and I'm like, no, is it really? And I looked it up and damn sure it was him. So I was really happy about that. That was awesome. He, this man does it all. Like I said, wherever you go, there he will be. He always is at, he's, he's constantly doing voices through a, for a lot of things out here. And he played a really good Deathstroke, which was like, who played as the secret teacher of Terra, uh, who was also the informant for the light. Now, they partially did do the Judas contract, but not going to spoil it. The Judas contract, quote unquote, is sort of part of the storyline here. I'm just going to say there is there, they, there is a twist to this story, just a little story element right here. I'm going to tell you that. So uh, Lex Luthor, played by this time Mark uh, Ralston was indeed portrayed as this series version of Donald Trump in the best and worst way. However, this time around, he was not the president, but he was the UN uh, Secretary General, which also working behind the scenes on, on his own agendas as well. So overall, the season superseded expectations in part, uh, and in part, made some game-changing risk-taking decisions in this season. Uh, that will be talked about for years to come. The series will hopefully be the start of many animated shows embracing and accepting change in society. I really do hope so. Uh, the content and dialogue was very adult oriented. Like I said, I could compare this to any, you know, primetime action or action and or drama that you see on TV today. Uh, it was very sophisticated narrative that to me rivals uh, not only just live action dramas, but it, it, it really, it rivals other animated shows as well. This long-awaited uh, and much-anticipated series that fans fought for years back, they did not disappoint one bit. The show and season is so great that, in my opinion, I, I'm going to say this right now, and this is, it's really hard for me to say because for years I've been saying this. I think Young Justice, at this point, has dethroned Justice League Unlimited. Um, they are both three seasons off with Young Justice uh, becoming a fourth season. And I see this super. This is already alone. The three, if you compare three seasons to three seasons, superseded them in every way. And that's saying a lot because Young Justice, uh, I'm sorry, Justice League Unlimited was the freaking show. You know, Dwayne McDuffie, got rest his soul, has put his heart and soul into this and the writing of that show and the show is still one of the greatest of all time but now it is to me me personally it is stepped down because of what they've done with this show and the responsibility that they took to make the show what it was and then yes the responsibility so i i really enjoyed it this made you know this again this animated series we need it this is the animated series we needed for this day and age. And DC Animation once again reigns supreme. So with that said, this gets an A plus for me. Uh, just no doubt. You, If you combine all of them, definitely A plus <laughs> plus. You know? So awesome, awesome series. If you have not 
seen any of the Young Justice is available now on the DC Universe app. All the entire season, the entire third season is available. So if I was you, have a lot of fun binging from from season one all the way from now. You will not be disappointed. And I absolutely recommend it. If you want a reason to get the DC Universe app, this is just one of the reasons. There's a ton of other reasons to get it. Uh, Titans 2 is coming. Doom Patrol, I loved. Um, I think Titans 2 is going to be better than Titans um, Season 1. Um, Titans Season 1 was okay. Swamp Thing was phenomenal, and they canceled it for some stupid reason. But there's a lot of other great content in there. I would highly recommend checking out the supposed-to-have-been pilot of Aquaman. Played by the actor who ended up playing Green Arrow on Smallville. So that was actually a... I don't know why they decided not to pull the trigger with that one, but if you've never seen the pilot episode of Aquaman, the live-action series, go out of your way to check it out. It was actually really interesting, pretty good, uh, what they did. Like, before there was an Aquaman movie, they were going to do a TV series, and it never came through. So, uh, you know, check it out. I think DC is just addicted to canceling series. I don't know. So, (laughs) But definitely go out of your way to check it out. Even if it's for a month, you could go in, pay for a month, go right out if you will, and just keep jumping back and forth just to watch shows. Or if you're just a fan, just invest. It's a worthy investment. I can definitely tell you that. Folks, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are back in the flow of things. Um... This week on Select Start, I have played Astro Chain. I'm still playing it. I probably will probably beaten. I will probably have beaten the game by the time we do that show. So I will definitely be reviewing that game. I uh, believe I will be talking about the Ultimate Alliance editions of Cyclops and Colossus as well, and any other great uh, news that will be coming about. Uh, Yakuza Seven has come out and I want to talk about that on that show as well so because I'm going to compare and contrast to that to what they're doing what Yu Suzuki is doing with uh Shinmu 3 which will be coming out shortly as well so that is something I definitely want to get into as well next week uh god forbid I don't know whatever comes up next week we will talk about this news this Funimation news I'm pretty sure is going to be a big topic as well so we'll talk about all that and much much more but thank everybody all the new people that have come to listen to my show now uh every every week I'll do a different show for select start our video game podcast and then every Sunday we'll have a brand new episode of the prime show of talk time live so thank you for for the support thank everybody again for you know Keystone Comic Con, all those people who I was able to meet uh, to give out the coasters to everybody, all of that. You know, thank you. Keep supporting us here on TalkTimeLive.com, on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Podbean, and maybe more. And again, I now time is winding down. I'm going to pretty much look out and target Spotify for those who listen to Spotify as well. So stay tuned for all that and much, much more people. Thanks so very much. On behalf of myself, this is Dex Avery Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things, anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. People, take care. Have a great week.
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.